Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! You are great. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. So, yeah. So, do you, you want some tequila for this one? Did you need <laughs> some tequila? This might have made the movie better. If, if you had had some tequila watching this. If I would have had some this. tequila <laughs> at sunrise uh-huh. and then just fall asleep uh-huh. a few minutes. And, and, and not finish the movie. Maybe that was my problem. This okay. is one of those movies I should have slept through. Okay. So, spoiler alert, maybe we didn't like this movie so much. Right. Yeah. But we'll get to that. we got some things to talk about first. Then yeah. we'll get into talking about the movie. But Yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely. Uh. Definitely not not a favorite. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I'm just gonna just I don't. <laughs> Ooh. 115 minutes. I'm not gonna get back. De- yeah. Definitely 115 minutes. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> definitely 115 minutes. Um, <laughs> I'd rather watch Wapner. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it it kind of made me just want to go back and watch Rain Man. I, well, um, yeah. Well, that was actually a really good movie. It was a really good movie. Uh, all right, so this is the 30-something movie podcast. It's John and Pat again. Hey, hey. How's everybody doing? Um, how are you doing, Pat? I'm doing well. Doing good? I'm doing well. I um, Live in the lap of luxury. Live in the lap of luxury. Yeah. And uh, Hey, there's the bell. Saved by the bell. I'm not I'm not editing that out. I don't, time. Know, I don't know why the bells are going right now. The, we have no control over the bells. No. I try and tell people that. We're recording this in a school, by and, the way. And so it's we're... just, it's hilarious because... We have no control over the belts. Right. Real quick, we spoil the events of the stuff we talk about. We're going to talk about, there may be some new trailers that came out. I might talk about those real quick. We will. And uh, we will, because the Venom one came out. Yeah. We're going to talk about that for a second. And uh, definitely Tequila Sunrise, we're going to spoil it for you. But Pretty rotten when it showed up. based um, Based on how Pat and I felt about the movie... You might not care if you're spoiled or not. Let me put it this way. We might save you some time. If the Alien Nation guys were drinking it, Mm -hmm. they would be drunk on it. Okay. You get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I'm going to go deep reference. I I get what you're saying. That that was a deep reference. That's that's a good callback. uh, I applaud you for that. Well, thank you. Okay. We have to do something to cheer with this movie. Uh Maybe it wasn't that bad. Uh Maybe it was. You know. Um, so yeah, so we are going to spoil stuff. So if you do not want to be spoiled, then just fair warning. We're going to talk all about things, so uh, that's what's going to be happening here. We also, if you have not gone to give us a review on iTunes, we would totally appreciate if you did that. That would be super helpful to us. Uh, it, I mean, obviously, it, it costs a little bit to run a podcast, and uh, if anybody wants to donate money, totally donate money. That's totally fine. But what would really help us out is if you're enjoying the show, please go leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, Google Play, any of those other places. And let us know. But we have a couple things real quick in terms of like Twitter stuff. We passed uh, 1,500 followers a little well, bit back. Cool. So it just like zoomed right past. And I, I remember when totally we were talking like 500 or something. Uh-huh. And, and we were then, excited about that. 1,000 and then now all of a sudden 1,500. So That's cool. So that's pretty cool. Um, but speaking of Twitter, uh, one of the folks that had interacted with us a little bit on Twitter back uh, a little while ago and told us that he appreciated that we were family friendly enough that he could listen to it in the car with okay. his kids. and uh, James. James Colvin on okay. Twitter, his 
uh, tweeted this a few times, and uh, I had we on one of our last episodes. We were talking about it was the gorillas in the mist. Yeah. One, and we were talking about the uh, eleven twenty two sixty three TV show, the Stephen King one. Yeah. Uh, he said he's read the book, said it's a great book, oh, okay. great read, and uh, and he also said I, I've got his tweet right here. He said uh, just caught the latest podcast, great job. Need to add gorillas to gorillas in the mist to my list. By the way, eleven twenty two sixty three is a must read. And then he finishes off by saying also. Based on Pat's excitement, I am now reading the first Harry Potter book to, hey, my, to my daughter. So, all right. That's so cool. another daughter that's getting introduced to Harry Potter oh, that's because awesome. of your enthusiasm. Well, you know what? And I'm going to I'm going to throw that out there, uh, uh, Jeff. I know he's you know taking time and yeah. how lucky he is just to take this time and raise his son and all that. But I know if Jeff was here because he is huge Harry Potter. Guy. Oh yeah. And so I know Jeff would be pretty fired up for that too. So do you think Jeff would like to start a Harry podcast? I don't see why he would turn down being okay. on a Harry podcast. I don't see why any of us uh-huh. on the 30-something movie podcast I'm a little worried turn- about what the Harry podcast logo is going to look like. <laughs> Cousin It. Uh-huh. Cousin It with like Chewbacca, mm-hmm. you know, or something yeah. like that. That okay. would be awesome. Well, that's cool that he's yeah, checking out so, Harry Potter. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I went home after we, I don't mm-hmm. want to derail too much, but I went home no, and yeah. I said, Tammy, I got to read your And John's right here. And she goes, oh my gosh, we got to read. Yeah, I'm just like, I know, <laughs> I know. So uh-huh. it's... um. It's, it's cool. Mm-hmm. And I just finished my book the other day. Okay. Got through the stack of magazines. There you that, go. You know, mm-hmm. And so maybe it's time to fire up the Harry Potter. Go thing. back to the Harry Potter again. And, yeah. And my sister owns all the movies. So as soon as we're ready to start watching the movies, she's already said. Perfect. I, I, Perfect. I have the Blu-rays. I will let them have, I'll let you have them and, and, and fire and, it up. And then we can discuss the movies and well done. Mm-hmm. No one asked me to make them all I can. Blah, blah, blah. My typical mm-hmm. line. But yeah. yeah, read those books first. Yeah. And like I said, the, the fourth movie, I we didn't get along for a long time. Okay. We needed You're to. okay now? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Said with a heavy sigh. It's just, you know, it's okay. Uh, okay. How's the Harry Potter going? Good. Right. It's going fine, yeah. Yeah, we're at, uh, yeah. We, um... Okay, wait, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Oh, especially for... So, oh, right. right. So, Take James, don't listen to this podcast in the car with your daughter. Okay. Because Turn down the volume. we're going to talk about stuff for yep. just a second. So, okay. Uh, we are... What are we? Fourth. We just finished the fourth chapter. Okay. In the third book, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes. So I think we just finished, and and my daughter's been having nightmares you a little bit lately. Yeah. So like I've been very careful to like kind of check out the chapter ahead of time, just to yeah. be like, all right, is, is anything going to freak her out? Uh, so we stopped, and I did not read any further last night because we just got to the chapter that's titled The Dementors. Oh, and I was the like, Dementors. and I was like, maybe re- let's read that during the daytime. The Dementors. Yeah. Because because my guess is. That make it a little creepy. How cool is a Dementor? Why? So, um, is so I don't know what they are yet. I mean, I, at the beginning of the chapter, there's a little picture of what one looks like, and it yeah. kind of looks like one of the ring wraiths from uh, Lord of the Rings. Right. So I'm like, and they keep referencing the the uh, guards of Azkaban, and right. I'm thinking like, well, those are probably the guards because people seem to right. be freaked out by the right. guards, and they're like, well, no one's ever escaped the guards, and so. That's my guess. I'm just I'm I'm guessing. I'm and, speculating here. And, but and yes, and I'm, and I'm the speculating. Cool thing is, is that nothing. Everything that you're reading, mm-hmm. there's like miles deep yeah. depth of backstory behind it that yeah. you, that will unfold. So is he on his way to Hogwarts now? Not yet. Okay. So we just they were in. Uh, it was the it was the chapter where they're in. Uh, he meets up with Ron and Hermione. Right. And they're getting their animals. Right. Ron tries to get a new rat, but right. Rat freaks out. Hermione gets her cat. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's where we left off. Right. So, we're there right. for now. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. But I don't want to be woken up in the middle of the night by a screaming child, so yeah. I, we're going to wait on that chapter and maybe read it during the daytime. That sounds good. Okay, Handle good. it some other way. And, I'm excited for you, John. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm not going to make eye contact. Okay, don't, I'm just, oof, don't, oof. Don't, don't make eye contact. What a great book. 
Um, so yeah, so there we are. So that's what we got going on so far. Um, yeah, you, you look like you want to say something. No. I want to say everything, John. <laughs> want to say everything. I have so much I want to tell you. <laughs> I look at you and it hurts. <laughs> <sighs> so much has happened since we last talked. <laughs> Uh, I, I looked at this movie and it hurt. I lost, I lost my hammer. Yeah. That still hurt. That's pretty fresh. <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> lost my hammer. That's pretty fresh. Um, all right. So, uh, lightning round? Lightning round for like new movies and stuff mm -hmm. like that? Okay. So, very fast lightning round. We ran out of time to talk about this last time, but have you read anything or do you know anybody that has MoviePass? No. No. Well, do you, probably know, know, something do you know what MoviePass movie. is? No. No. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, that should have been my first question. You but, could be you know, carrying MoviePass right now, and I would I, be none the wise. I am MoviePass. <laughs> I am MoviePass. <laughs> so basically what MoviePass is, and, and this was something about a year ago that I was looking into, and I was like, ooh, hey, I, I think I might need to buy this. Mm -hmm. The basic idea behind MoviePass is years ago when this first started, it was much more expensive. And then I think about a year ago, or at least it was like last fall, last winter, because I was looking at it around about Christmas time. Um, they came out with a new pricing structure and they said, here's the deal. Okay. What MoviePass is, is you sign up for their service. Mm -hmm. You pay, I think at that time, it was like $10 a month. Mm -hmm. Or it comes out to $10 a month. You pay, you know, $120 okay. ahead of time. And it's like Amazon Prime. You yeah. know, you pay for it and then it's, it's yours the rest of the year. And basically what they do is they send you a MoviePass debit card. Okay. And what you do is you then go into the app and you choose what movie you want to go see. And then it puts the amount that you would need to buy those tickets onto that debit card. And then you go to the theater and you get your tickets. So beyond the $10 a month that you pay for the, the MoviePass service, you don't pay anything when you go to the theater to buy a movie ticket. Oh. And the idea being is you could see a, you could see a movie every day if you wanted oh. to. Right. So that's why I'm looking <laughs> at that. That's why I'm looking at that when, if, when I first heard about it last year. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're telling me that for $120 a year... Yeah. I can go see a different movie every day yeah. if I want to. And at the time, it was like, yeah, absolutely. Now, there may be some times where, like, on opening weekend, you might not be able to go see a movie on opening weekend. Good, yeah. Some restrictions like that. Um, I didn't end up doing it at the right. time. I, I kind of I kind of thought back and forth about it. I'm like, you know, this is too good to be true. Mm -hmm. It can't last forever. I had just heard a, a podcast talking about it, and they were like, yeah, they're losing money left and right. Like there's, they can't sustain this. Yeah. They have to. I think what they were trying to do is their business model was let's get as many users as we possibly can. We're gonna lose money for now, and then once we get all these users, we'll start adding other services. Like people can find a good restaurant to go to when you know they mm. get their movie, and, they, and we can get advertising revenue that way. And we can so. A little bit like, I think, Amazon. I think, like, the first few years Amazon existed, they were not making money at all. Yeah. And, well, now they practically own the world. So, right, right. Along with Google and Apple. Um, so I kind of hesitated. I was like, eh, I don't know about this. But people who had it were like, this is amazing. I love it. I save hundreds of dollars a year going to the movie theater. And as much as we love movies, this is, like, the yeah. perfect thing. Yeah. I also hesitated because a lot of the theaters around us are AMC theaters. And at the time, AMC was trying to block MoviePass from allowing them to buy oh. tickets using their service. Oh. So I was like, okay, well that, if it doesn't work at my local theater, then it doesn't make much sense for me to AMC buy this. AMC has and its own pass. Now that? they do. Okay. That was what they were doing. They were trying to block MoviePass, but right. then they were also developing their own version okay. of MoviePass okay. at the same time, called the A-List, which okay. is what their, their new one is. Um, so the problem is, this last couple weekends ago, uh, MoviePass had big problems. 
they, within the last few months, they had also come out and they said, you know what, to make this a little bit more feasible, if it's the first week of a movie, or first week or so of a movie, if it's IMAX, if it's 3D, if it's anything special like that, mm -hmm. we're going to have to charge you a little bit more for that. You're going to have to pay a little bit more of a premium for those type of things. Okay. And users were like, oh, that's not cool. I get it. It's not cool. But if it's a new movie or something? If it's a brand new movie, like okay. first weekend it comes out, um, and then if it's if it's a super popular movie, okay. um, or if it's IMAX 3D, something you'd normally pay for, more for anyway. When you go and apply for your tickets, you've already paid your 120 so now they might... Correct, now you got to pay, pay a little bit extra. Yeah, right. Okay. So some people were like, ah, I don't know, that's not cool, I don't like that. Well, then about two weekends ago, all of a sudden there were a bunch of technical issues, and people went to go to the theater. They had already picked their movie. The money was supposedly loaded. I'm doing quote fingers here. Mm -hmm. Supposedly loaded on their card. They got to the theater with their family, and it would not give them their tickets. Mm. And a ton, that happened to a ton of people. So MoviePass, eventually MoviePass, you know, they kept saying we're having technical, difficult, technical difficulties, problems, blah, 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 blah. And I guess the story that came out was maybe not so much technical as there were some vendors they couldn't pay. And so there were some financial issues there. Well, then a few days later, you know, then everybody's starting to say, oh, MoviePass failed, you know, it got too big, and, and now it's failing, and yeah. too good to be true, and, and now it's it's on its way out. I think their stock dropped by 60%, something crazy like that. It's like Facebook numbers. Right, pretty much. And uh, then they came out a few days later, and they said, okay, here's the deal. We want to keep going. A lot of you want us to keep going. We're raising our price to $15 a month, and you're, you're not going to be able to see popular movies for like the first week or two. Um, you know, they're just not going to be available, blah, 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 blah. And then people are like, well, then what's the point? Mm -hmm. Like at this point, it was a good deal back when I could do it $10 a month. And, yeah. and it was like, I could pretty much do whatever I wanted. Now you're very quickly adding all these fees. It, it almost feels like, um, you know, every time Netflix would come out and be like, Hey, if you want our service, we're going to make you pay double and yeah. things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so there's that. AMC and some other places have started to come out with their own. Like AMC now has the A-list mm -hmm. where you can see, I think it's like three movies a week. Mm -hmm. uh, it's $20 a month. You can see three movies a week and they can be IMAX, 3D, whatever. You're not going to pay any extra for those. They can be, I think they can even be like, you know, first day it comes out, you can go see it. So not a whole lot of restrictions. You can't see as many. You couldn't go like, you know, see one every day of the week, but, you know, three a week and... Um, a little bit more expensive than Movie Pass, but that's what some people are starting to go to. So I didn't know if you had heard of any of that. That was kind of a big thing in the yeah. movie movie world right now. Yeah. With the Movie Pass stuff, and is that something that now that you know about it, is that something that you think you'd ever purchase? No. No. And you know what? My problem is, I like you know, I think my lifestyle rejects the question. <laughs> oh, yeah. My my problem is like I'm not a joiner, and then mm -hmm. suddenly you know like that's where. You know, I'll try to, whatever it is, mm -hmm. BMG Record Club, which I'm sure as heck built up a collection mm -hmm. back when that came out. But eventually, I let that go by the wayside. You know, I, I've looked at um, different audiobook things mm -hmm. to become parts of. We've looked at farm yeah, shares. That's Audible Trial. Though. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've uh, farm shares. Yeah. We've done all these things where you join, and then suddenly it's like, and I don't know if it's my life is too cluttered and i got to cut things out of other areas, or it's just I am avoiding the clutter of life. Mm -hmm. I think those things suddenly it becomes like a task. Like oh geez, I've got to, you know, 
I've got to make it through this. I've yeah. got to get through this. We have to pick up the farm share. We have to make sure we eat everything in the farm share. We've right. got to, you know, and then suddenly it just kind of became a like, you know what? I'm going to swing by that local farm to support mm-hmm. them, but I'm going to swing by when I want and not right. pick up a whole box. And then what do I do? I'm going to pick up mm-hmm. the things I need and then eat them and then right. go back for more. It's like that with the movies. Like right. I could, right. I mean, I would love to do a movie pass thing. And I mean, I love movies. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I wouldn't be on this podcast. Well, there you go. But my lifestyle, it's like I can pick like two movies a year that I'm like, I'm mm. definitely seeing that in the theater. Right. The rest of it's kind of a luxury. Right. Or we're going to be going with the kids or blah, right. blah, blah. Well, and that's my thing too. That's one of the reasons I didn't sign up for it. And one of the reasons that even though I think it would save me a lot of money, I'm still not going to sign up probably for the AMC one is it just, I, I, I've signed up for their rewards program. Mm-hmm. So like I get discount tickets, you know, every so often I build up points that I can use towards popcorn and tickets and all kinds of other stuff but um i just i I don't have time like i would love to if i was and and i'm not saying i don't want to get rid of my family but if i was single there are times oh i would totally get i'd totally be there i mean i'd be seeing a movie every day right if i had no family if it was if it was just me if i was single i would use the crap out of this thing and and you know i'd definitely get my money's worth no matter what i signed up for but it's just there's plenty of times where i want to go see a movie i'd love to go see a movie but we got stuff going on. You know, we got family stuff going on. We got the kids got to be somewhere. We got work stuff going on, whatever it might be. Um, just not enough time right. to do all that. So as much as I would love to do one of these, that's kind of my limitation with this. Is like, yes, would it save me a ton of money? Absolutely. Um, is it something I want to sign up for? Totally it is. Are there, like you said, are there always movies I want to go see? You know, would I fully take advantage of, let's say it's February. Mm-hmm. Would I fully take advantage of this movie thing and get my money's worth, my, my 20 or so whatever dollars a month in February when not a whole lot of great movies coming out, like mm-hmm. February, March, kind of that time. Um, would I get my money's worth? I don't know. Yeah. Kind of depends. Every once in a while, I mean, I'll see something, I'll be like, hmm, you know what? Yeah, I'd like to see it, but I'm just going to wait till it comes out on DVD. And yeah. it's, it's not a movie theater movie. Yeah. It's kind of the thing. And um, the other piece of that, too, is with the uh, with our some of the theaters around here, they do like the $5 Ticket Tuesdays. Uh, that's, yeah. And just that's gonna... what we've done, kind of done lately. Is, right. And if I can do a $5 Ticket Tuesday, then even still, I'm probably only spending. I could go to three movies. I could go to four movies a month mm-hmm. and do the $5 Ticket Tuesday, and there's my $20. So yeah. I and I don't need to pay it every month to stay in this club or whatever, and so I, that's probably the only reason I'm not doing it. I'm sure other people jump at this and and they use yeah. it and they use it regularly. Yeah. And and really, I guess if you think about it, the amount of money you spend taking your family to the movies, right? You know, I guess if I were to buy the AMC A list thing for my whole family, I don't know how that works. I don't mm-hmm. know if they have a family pass or what. But I guess if I were to do that, that would be like if we were a family that went to movies all the time. If that was our thing, that we always go to movies, I could see you pay 80 bucks a month mm-hmm. and your family can see as many movies as they want over the course of that month. Mm-hmm. I guess I could see doing something like that. Yeah. Because a trip to the movies with, you know, wife, two kids, yeah. mother-in-law sometimes comes in, my sister sometimes comes in, you know, a trip to the movies is kind of expensive now. So yeah. I, you know, I guess you get your money's worth if you if you really go to the movies. I think you yeah. can get your money's worth. Otherwise, I think you just, at least for my situation, I just wait for the discount tickets. And I agree. And you know, like anything, 
you know, here we'll, we'll put another, have you ever read, checked out the website, Mr. Money Mustache? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I'm not going to pretend to be like <clears throat> on his level of looking at things, but I think that kind of opens it up like, what are we spending our money on? Yeah. And are we spending our money on something that we need to spend our money on? Why are you here? Hey. Hey. Are welcome to our podcast. You're on the podcast. Guest. 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 Oh, I'm sorry. Guest no, you're speaker. fine. Hey, we're what, Where are you going? I didn't realize you're doing that. We're you, talking you, about you, spending money. You, you take your kids to a whole bunch of movies, so you yeah. can sit down and talk about it. You can talk about movies. Yeah. But Jen Greenwell, everybody. Hey! Jen is, Jen is the orchestra teacher at our school. Yeah. We're talking about Movie Pass. Movie Pass. Have you heard of Movie Pass? What is it, $20 a month? It, well, it's going to be soon. It's, yeah, it's like, it, <laughs> it's it, was, it was like $10 a month, and then it kind of failed a couple weekends ago, and now they've raised the price to like $15 a month, and you can't go see movies in the first week or two. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just talking about, is that something you would sign up for? No. No. Yeah. I went to Ant-Man. And I saw that, and I'm like, there's too many rules. Mm -hmm. so. That's kind of what we were discussing. Yeah. You could only do, I think, three movies a month? You could do, well, that's the um, the AMC one. I thought it was three a week. Uh, Is it three a month? I was looking at AMC. Is it three a month? I thought it was three a month. Ooh, that's not, that's even worse. If it was three a week, I'd totally do that. Yeah. If it was three a month, yeah. Well, it'd yeah. be worth it, I guess, unless you just go on Tuesdays. Well, that's what we were saying. Yeah, if you do the $5 Tuesday, then... I can go see four a month and it's fine. I think much like uh, home uh, mortgage loans, mm -hmm. home loans back before the housing bubble burst, there's a lot of options out there. Mm -hmm. Many of them are not good for you, but good for someone else. <laughs> mm -hmm. Maybe That's you true. want to just like let that let that pitch just yeah, sail I don't, by. I don't think you know the movie theaters are doing this out of the goodness of their heart. Yeah. Yeah. No. We got to know how everyone's getting paid. So, anyways, right. I just. That's true. That's kind of where I'm at. Okay. That's kind of where I'm at. Okay. All right. Um, next, that wasn't really so much lightning round, but that like took that us. Wasn't, that I, I figured we were going to talk about that. So light, now we can do lightning round. We're right, do ready lightning, for lightning round. round. I'm ready. And I think you're going to have something to say about this one too, because yes. I think you've probably seen the original. The Sandlot. How, oh. do you feel, how do you feel about The Sandlot? I need to watch it again. Oh, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. And I saw that it's not well liked on whatever the crap social media stuff people out there. Rotten Tomatoes? People are yeah. stupid. Rotten Tomatoes is stupid. I, I, I know we, we I use it sometimes. I thought that movie was great. But oh, it's awesome. Like the Forever. They liked The Room. <laughs> John is still angry we made him watch it. We're getting like texts I was every forced, five minutes. I was forced to watch The Room. <laughs> I, I watched not, the movie that won the like award the, about the room. I enjoyed The Disaster Artist. Yeah, yeah, that, but yeah I heard that the room, was really well. Mm, you no. got to at least give the room five minutes of your time. Like, oh, <laughs> oh. No, you don't need to give it five minutes of your time. <laughs> and what was funny was they were forcing me to watch the room. And they were like, you got to finish it. You got to watch it. And, oh. and I was like, well, and I think I got Jeff's copy of it. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you got to watch this. It's the worst movie, but you got to watch <laughs> it. It's like a train wreck. Everybody wants to look at it. but And so then I started playing it. And it, what was funny was... The, the acting, I was like, I'm going into this knowing it's going to be a yeah. bad movie. The acting, I'm not going to let it bother me. Yeah. The music, I'm not going to let it bother me. I, none of that, I'm not going to let The writing, not even going to let that bother me. I'm just going to watch it and was I'm enjoy it. Was it the football? No. It wasn't even the I didn't even get that far. It was the sounds. Yes! During the love scene. Yeah. Ew. There was so much of a, of a smacking noise. <laughs> yeah. You could just... Oh, it, man. It, that first love scene, I was just like... What is going on? Uh, and then, like, anytime he was kissing her, yeah, and he, even not in that scene, anytime he's kissing her, you could tell that, like, they had someone later on dub in, like, so, you know, get close to a microphone and, like, make a, <laughs> like, a smacking noise like that. Oh, hey, doggy. Like, this just, this sounds so horrible, <laughs> and this is all bad, and it just, so it's more of, like, a technical thing. Yeah. Like, the sound bothered me. Yeah. Like, why are, why are we doing? 
no, please no more. Yeah. Please no more. And then I just couldn't handle it and I stopped. But then these guys, these jerks, made me finish it. Yeah, we did. So he like, was, I John did. was upset with I, that. I, I haven't I, I was, seen it. I was not happy. I'm still, I'm still not happy. I know. Jeff has a copy of it. Jeff will loan it to you. I think mm -hmm. it was supposed to come my way and it never did. Mm -hmm. We'll get it to you. I might not be upset. Okay. All right. So, the, the Sandlot. Yeah. Sandlot's getting a prequel. Oh, fine. Yeah, I saw that. So, a prequel. A prequel. So, I don't know what that... The only thing that when I read about it, the only thing that I saw is that the prequel is going to have something to do with the dog. Cool. The beast. Yeah. So, I don't know. What's that kid? The I gotta year? watch it again. He got That's us right. out of the biggest pickle mm -hmm. of our lives. Mm -hmm. He kissed Wendy Peppercorn. He kissed her long, <laughs> and he kissed her good. Uh huh. Squints. That's Did right. You? Squints. Mm -hmm. He thought mm -hmm. they thought Squints drowned in the pool. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I saw something on Twitter or Instagram the other day. It was the uh, two guys, Smalls and the, the catcher. Yeah. Um, they were out walking around somewhere. They were out together, I think, in like New York City, and they were walking down the sidewalk, and they spotted a guy I saw who had the uh, yeah, You're Killing Me Smalls, Smalls. t-shirt on, Yeah. and they stopped him. He, he looked like he was maybe like 19, 20, like real yeah. young guy. They stopped him, and they're like, hey, do you mind if we take a selfie with you? Yeah. And the guy's like, yeah, sure. He had no clue who they were. Yeah. Like, he had no idea that these were the actors from the movie of the shirt that he was wearing. And so, like, they take a selfie with him, they post it up online, and they, they were like, yeah, this guy had no clue who we were. It was awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's so Along cool. those lines, not related to Sandlot, right. uh, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill. whenever he goes to, like, the San Diego Comic-Con and all that stuff, um, he put up a whole bunch of pictures. He wears costumes yeah. when he goes, and people have no clue it's him. That's awesome. So there were a bunch of people that, that posed with a stormtrooper. Yeah. And he put up later on like Twitter and Instagram yeah. all this. He's like, just so you know, that's me in the stormtrooper costume on the left. And people are like, oh my God, I got a picture next to Mark Hamill and I didn't even that's know so it. That's so cool. Didn't anybody notice I'm too short for to be a stormtrooper? Well, I know. I think he put that up. Speaking so. of Star Wars, so yeah. remember how it came out? This is really lightning round. This is really, lightning round. This is really Land, uh, Lando Calrissian is yeah. coming back. Uh -huh. So that day, that day, I don't know how soon that came out. I'm like sitting there with my dad, I'm like, Dad, you'll never believe this about the new Star Wars movie. Or the, yeah, Star Wars movie. Yeah. He's like, Lando Calrissian. I'm like, I love him. Dad, how did you? He goes, I know, that's pretty cool. I'm like, wow, Dad, that's. Are you talking about lightning rod? I'm mean, mm -hmm. like, you know, that was pretty mm -hmm. I thought that was a good fit for Billy D. Williams, though. Oh, I mm -hmm. really like him. Oh, Childish yeah. Gambino. Mm -hmm. He's like multi talented. Yeah. Unlike us. No. Unidirectional. Mm -hmm. did, did this Cold new 45. Star oh, sorry. Yes. Cool 45. Works every time. Did the new Star Wars thing bring back Mark, Mark Hamill? Do you yeah, think? they're going like to. He was, uh, no, no, no. I mean, oh. is he like dying off completely and then is being famous? Um, I hated him in the beginning Star Wars. I know he was Luke Skywalker. No, he was, I mean, he was still he doing whined. some, he was still doing some big stuff, but mostly as like a voice actor. Yeah. Like he was the Joker in the Batman cartoon. Oh. Um, and that's probably like one of the things he's most well known for, especially the last many, many years since Star Wars. Everybody but you, right? Didn't he do it? And in the eighties, are you comedy. trying to say that you don't watch cartoons? Is it, you don't watch cartoons. Well, you don't, the ones you my don't children the, watch, the but voice, I try to avoid the it. voice actors of every cartoon that's ever existed. <laughs> Where's all your other people? It's my nerd voice. I think I think it was something I said. It's I'm something not sure. he smells. I thought you were here to set up the band room. No. Now no. I just see where your priorities lie. Yes. Uh huh. Tequila. Tequila is Tequila. one of our priorities. Like, we watched the movie Tequila Sunrise. Oh, that one. That's well, that's Wait, the one what? we're talking about this episode. Yeah. Tequila Sunrise. Have you ever I seen that one? I thought cocktail. I had no. time. We did we did cocktail a few a few weeks yeah. ago. Cocktails yeah. Have first, you ever seen Tequila Sunrise? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. It has. You have uh, a memory that goes on forever. Mine is gone after like a week. That's all right. Uh, Raul Julia, Kurt Russell, Mel Gibson, Michelle Pfeiffer. Great no, cast. Which one out with Mel Gibson? Bad movie. All right, Venom trailer. You should be extremely afraid. 
Thank you for bringing us collectively to this moment. It is a moment that so many have dreamed of claiming. History starts today. The guy you work for is an evil person. I don't work for him. My firm works for him. Are you going to behave yourself tomorrow? I told you I'm going to do my job. I'm a reporter. I follow people that do not want to be followed. What about the allegations that you recruit the most vulnerable for tests that end up killing people? Your time to go. You finished, Mr. Brock. Is that a threat? You had to learn how to hide in plain sight. I'm pretty good at it. But you, you suck. Whoever you are. I work at the Life Foundation, and I need your help. We found something. We call them symbiotes. Carlton Drake believes that the union between human and symbiote is the key to our evolution. I'm feeling really sick. I'm hearing a voice. Eddie. You're not real. You were just in my head. I'm going to need Mr. Drake's property back. I don't know. Why would we do that? If you're gonna stay, you will only hurt bad people. The way I see it, we can do whatever we want. Do we have a deal? Are you willing to sacrifice the one thing you hold most dear? You should be extremely afraid. What the hell are you? We are Venom. Venom trailer looks How, awesome. How'd you feel about it? Yeah, it looks yeah. awesome. There, I, I think it's it's gonna be a really pretty look at him. Mm -hmm. It yeah. is Tom Hardy. Mm -hmm. I love how the, the Dude, suit talks to him. What was that bad guy's name in Batman that Bane. Tom Hardy was? Bane. Yeah. That was cool. He Bane. Was, Bane. Oh. You mean Bane, who has the strange, oh, like, almost British accent. He was, uh... Yeah, that voice is weird. He was also... Yes! I so love how the suit. I love how the suit talks mm -hmm. to him. Um, I think it's. I like that too because that was like early on in the comics. That yeah. was part of a thing is they would have conversations yeah. back and forth. And I haven't read a lot of Venom comics lately, but I kind of feel like it got away from that. Where like, and, and maybe that's the progression of the character is you yeah. you argue with the suit early on and it's like I don't want to do this. This is what we're doing and yeah. like that, that kind of thing. And then afterwards you're just like ah forget it. I'll just I, do it. I think it. I think it. Um, I think it's cool because it sounds a lot like uh, was it Gargamel? No. Um, Gollum. Not Gollum. It sounds to me. It sounds like the old cartoon. Not Gargamel. That was Smurfs. Yeah, um, Smurfs. The bad, the bad guy in Professor uh, uh, Gadget, Inspector Gadget. The bad oh, guy yeah, with the, the claw. claw. Yeah, like that. How voice. did you Gadget? Yeah, yeah, that one. That's what the suit reminds me of. I'm like, yeah. cool, bringing that voice back. <laughs> but yeah, it yeah. looks fun, and it looks like mm -hmm. you know they they show a little bit how there might be some humor in there. Right. And right. Yeah. So far, it just looks like a cool movie, man. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Andy Serkis, who does all of the, like yeah. mentioning Gollum, and yeah. does the, uh, did uh, Caesar for the Planet of the Apes 
movies most yeah. recently yeah. and King Kong and all the other motion capture stuff. Um, he is doing, I believe, a motion capture, makes sense if it's motion capture, Animal Farm movie, oh. George Orwell's Animal Farm. Okay. Same guy that wrote 1984. And, right, right. Uh, so the one about the Russian Revolution, but it's all the farm animals. And yeah. um, if you're in eighth grade, it's a book that you've read when yes. you're in eighth grade. So Netflix, he was going to make that movie. It was going to come out in theaters, but now Netflix bought it. So it's probably going to come out in Netflix oh, within the next year or two. Cool. Really good book. That's probably, probably one of my favorite books, one of my favorite books to teach. But All right. So fun. just heard that the other day, that his movie is going to come out on Netflix. Cool. All righty. Well, we're at work and we're, we're, I mean, it's not a work day, but we're at school recording this and we weren't allowed to bring in any kind of like alcohol. Right. I kind of feel like when we did Breakfast Club and we had breakfast here, that's awesome. Now we're doing Tequila Sunrise. I kind of feel like we almost needed a tequila. I don't even know where tequila comes in and fits in with this movie. I don't either. Like, I don't, like what was Tequila at, at Sunrise? One point, at mean, one point I, at the restaurant, somebody orders a Tequila Sunrise. Orders a drink. Yeah. That's the only time it ever gets okay. mentioned. Otherwise, I, I don't know. No tequila, one knows. Tequila, they were, tequila what they were doing. to... Mexico, Mexico to drug cartel. Everything went down at night, and then it was all fine in the morning okay. after the sunrise. And it, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But we'll let's talk about it for a little bit. Mm -hmm. We'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. All right. Tequila Sunrise came out second of December, nineteen eighty-eight, rated R, with a runtime of definitely, definitely a. Definitely 100, 115 minutes. One hour and 55 minutes. minutes too long. Uh, yes, 116 minutes too long. Uh, director was Robert Town, who also directed Without Limits and Ask the Dust. Producer was Tom Mount, who did Bull Durham and Can't Buy Me Love. Writer was also Robert Town, the director. He did Days of Thunder and Mission Impossible 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. Cinematography by Conrad L. Hall, who died in 2003. He did the cinematography for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and American Beauty. Mm -hmm. Music by Dave Grusin, who did The Firm and The Graduate. Budget for this one was $23 million. Box office was $105.9 million. So it it made its money back. I mean, it quadrupled its money. Star power, John. Well, there's another explanation that some people have for why they think this movie maybe had an inflated box office. Why is that? This was the movie that a certain trailer was put on the front of it. Really? And people bought tickets to the movie to see the trailer and then just left right after. That is outstanding. Would you like to... I know we kind of talked about this ahead of time. Would you like to mention what movie it was? We've been I, talking about this movie since you've we been, started our you've podcast. Been waiting for this movie for, for like four, four years. Four years. Now. I've been waiting for this movie. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Batman 89. Dang. Mm -hmm. So apparently, and I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. But there were a couple of different places that were like, well, some people think there were stories that when they heard this Batman movie was coming out, people were like, well, i got to go see the trailer. Mm -hmm. If I have to buy a movie ticket for this one just so I can go see the trailer, I'm totally going to do that. And there were people that would do that for Star Wars movies. Yeah. Like when okay. the prequels were coming out, especially when episode one was coming out, I remember a bunch of people would like buy a movie ticket to go see the movie that the trailer is supposed to be in front of, go see the trailer, and then just be like, yeah, I'm out. I'm good. That's all I came for. I don't need to see, you know, whatever movie it is. That's but, outstanding. Um, so some people think that, and I can't imagine that, you know, 70 some, 80 some million dollars was yeah. made that way, but okay. Um, but that was one of the stories behind why maybe the box office is a little higher than than maybe what you yeah. think it is it, based on how much we enjoyed the movie. It's, I, I don't know how true it is, but it's something you want to believe in. It's a fun story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sort of like a street legal motorcycle that could break 200 miles an hour someday. Right. You know? All right. Not sure if that's... Well, actually, I don't know that. 
exists. It's yeah. something like that. Something to do something with like speed yeah. and motorcycles. Right. All right. And bat wings. All right. I'm going to run through the list, of the cast list here. It's an amazing cast list. Amazing cast list. Amazing cast. Like, all-star cast. Okay. <laughs> we got it. Uh, Mel Gibson played Dale Mac McCusick. Uh, he's in Braveheart, Ransom, and the Lethal Weapon movies. Michelle Pfeiffer played Joanne Valinari. She was in Dangerous Liaisons, Dangerous Minds, and Batman Returns. Basically any movie that has Dangerous yep. in the beginning of the title. Danger is my middle name. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt Russell played Nick Fresh... Was it Fresh... Fresha? Fresha? Fresia? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. I really didn't. After a certain point, I just kind of was glazed over and... And trying to finish the movie. Yeah. 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 Uh, he's an Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China, and Tombstone. Raul Julia, who died in 1994, played Carlos and Escalante. He was in Kiss of the Spider Woman and the Adams Family movies. Yeah. J.T. Walsh died in 1998. He was Agent Hal McGuire. He was in Good Morning Vietnam and A Few Good Men. You know who J.T. Walsh reminds me of? Um... The guy who was the, like, the FBI agent. Oh, yeah, to. yeah, I'm sorry. You yeah. know who he reminds me of? No. Donna Reed. Donna Reed, especially, especially around, around the eyes. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> J.T. Walsh, what a great yeah. actor. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would love to see an interview, just because he, he can bring such a, like, that, just be the villain mm -hmm. so well. Mm -hmm. But he's not like a dunce. He's not like right. a fool or anything. I would love to see, I'm going to go home and watch YouTube videos of him, like, mm -hmm. being interviewed. Like, just, I want, mm -hmm. I'm curious what he's like in real life, you know? Well, he's, he's dead, Jim. But, yeah, I, know, I mean, not now. <laughs> right. Right, you know, because... Mm -hmm. If they're interviewing him now, <laughs> send me the link because I'd that's, be curious to right. see that video. But, but I want to see old yeah. video just because he does. He brings those characters to life, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. so well. Yes, Gosh, Sergeant Major Dickerson. <laughs> you shut your hole. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, that is humor. I recognize that. I had to tell Daniela um, to shut the pie hole yesterday. <laughs> oh my gosh, she was getting, she just gets melted no. off and she just, oh my gosh, uh -huh. it was just venom coming uh -huh. from her mouth. And I mean, the things she was calling, like, where does she hear We them? don't want to listen to you, Daddy. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. it was just, and I'm just like, look, I've had enough of that. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, and I just said, you're done, you're through, mm -hmm. you get to speak when I give you permission to speak. Mm -hmm. You do not have permission to speak in my mouth, my house. Now, da, 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 and I said, now shut your pie hole and take yourself out to the car. So we're driving down the road like two minutes later. All of a sudden I hear, <laughs> and Dominic goes, uh, Dad, Daniela would like to speak so that we can talk in the back and, and play while we're on the car trip, but you told her that she can't speak. So is she allowed to speak yet? <laughs> She's also very sorry. I'm just like, oh my gosh. The and I just like kept it going like five uh -huh. minutes. It was like translating because she kept uh -huh. her mouth shut. Her mouth shut. Yeah. Oh my God. Now, was that... Was that obeying what you had said, or was that being like sassy and sarcastic? Like, I, a, like a, you told me to be quiet, Dad. I can't talk now. Is it one of those things? Well, Because that's, that's what I my did, daughter would do. I didn't quite speak that. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Mm -hmm. She had the translator. And right, luckily, right. Dominic is very much diplomatic yeah. and can negotiate his way out of just about anything. So okay. it's like, she's very sorry and is wondering if you give her another chance, can she be allowed to speak? Because mm -hmm. originally it was like, I think you're. I think I put her on talking probation until September. Okay. And I said, "Well, we can, well, we can, we can, uh, we can let that up a little bit." I feel like our daughters should never meet <laughs> yeah, because no. I think that would be a problem. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We got to get these. They would either really get along very well. That's right. Or they would probably destroy each other and the planet <laughs> in the process. Yeah, mm -hmm. or both. Mm -hmm. We got to get these two together. No, Peter, I think that would be inherently bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Arliss Howard played Greg Lindroff. 
he was in Full Metal Jacket and The Lost World Jurassic Park. Uh, Ari Gross played Andy Leonard. He was in Minority Report and the TV series Castle, as well as the TV series Ellen. And Gabriel Damon played Cody McCusick. He was in Land Before Time and Robocop 2. Uh, critics gave this one... So, critics are kind of back and forth on this one. Now, on Rotten Tomatoes, all of the critics, uh, you total it up and it's about 40%. So, critics did not give it a high score there. But you really kind of had a back and forth. Some critics are like, love this movie. It's a great movie. Other critics are like, no, not at all. This movie's horrible. It's bad. So, and, and audience also gives it about a 40%. Yeah. So, uh, you have two very different takes on it here. You, Roger Ebert... Uh, said, was quoted as saying, he only gave it two and a half out of four stars, but he said, it's an intriguing movie with interesting characters, but it might have worked better if it had found a clear narrative line from beginning to end. Mm. I'd agree with that. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Yeah. Um, I just wasn't intrigued by no, the characters. No, right. Uh, Pauline Kael, who was a fairly influential, controversial figure in terms of movie reviewing back in, in the uh, 80s, um, and around the time that, that Ebert was around as well. Um, she said, you have to be able to enjoy trashy shamelessness to enjoy old Hollywood and to enjoy Tequila Sunrise. Robert Town, who wrote and directed, is soaked in the perfume of 30s and 40s Hollywood romanticism. So her take, and I read her entire review on this whole thing, her take is, when you go back and watch those like old black and white detective movies or those old black and white, um, you know, cop movies where there's also like a romance thing in it and it, you know those type of a little bit like a Casablanca but not you know the the next step down from Casablanca she basically was saying this is a modern version of those movies mm. so when you go back and you watch those old black and whites you know you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt and be like okay the acting is not amazing even the writing, by today's standards, is a little cheesy, and it's a little formal, and it's a little, you know, it doesn't flow always, necessarily. Um, but it's all about the mystery. It's not necessarily about the acting. It's not necessarily about the, the dialogue and all that, but it's about the mystery, and the mystery is the cool part, and that's, you know, there's romance, and, and that's old black-and-white Hollywood. And I think what she was trying to say was, this is a modern take on a 40s old Hollywood romantic crime drama kind mm. of thing. And I can see a bit of that. Like, I, I'm watching the movie, and I, I read that before I watched the movie. So, and I already knew that you weren't a big fan of the movie when I started watching mm -hmm. it. So I'm watching the movie, and I'm like, okay, I see what she's saying. I, I get it. I get maybe what they're trying to go for. And maybe if the director, and, and he's also the writer, maybe if that's something he loves, if that's a time period that he's a big fan of, I can see it. All right? I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't like the old Hollywood stuff. Hollywood stuff. I just don't like this movie. Yeah. I don't like the way he did it. I don't think it's... I think if you're going to take something like that and say, I'm doing it in this style, then it needs to be updated so that it's still... I mean, we. I think, I think maybe sometimes we have higher expectations mm -hmm. for movies today than movies back then. Um, and so I would expect better dialogue. Like, I look back at some of those old black and white movies, and I'm like, I know the dialogue is not amazing. You know, the writing is, eh. Um, but there's some of those movies that I will still enjoy. I just look at that as being actors and other people spoke in a more formal way back yeah. then. And so it was, it, you could almost see them acting as opposed to getting lost in the character and forgetting that these are, you know, forgetting that these are actors. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just, I didn't see it in this movie. 
Yeah. But I get what she's saying. Yeah, I, I guess I just have to go back and see those movies. Because mm -hmm. I'm thinking of the old 40s movies. I, you know, I go back and watch like Captain Blood, The mm -hmm. Seahawk, right. um, Robin Hood. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the ones, the ones I love, I'm still thinking of like, you know, I'm thinking of the, the old black and white movies that I really enjoy. Like um, It's a Wonderful Life and High Noon and all these okay. other movies. Those are not the movies that have like the bad acting. Like I enjoy those okay, movies. See, I think, uh, that's I think what the I'm, acting I think is I've great. Those I, movies. Yeah, yeah. I think the acting is good in those. I, there's a lot of them. Now there are some. Uh, there's one I think that's getting added to Netflix pretty soon called Touch of Evil. Okay. It was an old Orson Welles movie. Um, Charlton Heston I think is in it. Okay. Um, even though it's got great actors in it, I think that a little bit of it by today's standards is some of the acting is not amazing. And some of the dialogue is a little, eh. but I think that's just kind of what you, kind of what you came to expect from some of the like the the nineteen forties kind of B movie type things. Yeah, you, know, you weren't just you weren't expecting that this was going to win an Oscar. Yeah, anytime soon. I guess I just watch different B movies. See, I just mm -hmm. I don't have a proper frame of reference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. I. It, well, uh, so audiences that saw this in the theater did give it a B plus. So people that saw it in the theater, they liked it. So, and, and that's the other problem with Rotten Tomatoes is you don't have to have seen the movie to score it on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. so who knows who's scoring that stuff. Um, and then it's not necessarily people at the time watching the movie. It could be that they've watched it years later and it just doesn't age well, and they're giving a review based on that. So people who went to the theater and watched the movie came out and they scored it a B plus, mm. which is definitely higher than a 40%. So Yeah, I, I agree. I think Robert, Roger Ebert's, line yeah. made sense that um, it just didn't have a coherent like plot throughout. Right. From beginning to end, it, it was, was just, a little convoluted. It, it just kind of, okay, well, now we're going to do this, and now mm -hmm. we're going to do this, and now they're going here, and now this guy's the good guy, and now this guy's the bad guy. And, I mean, there was no there was no build. Mm -hmm. There was no drama. Mm -hmm. It was just, just kind of like, oh, this could be, oh, okay. Well, mm -hmm. this is going to, no, okay. There, right. there was no big right. climactic scene. Mm-hmm. It was like a roller coaster without any fun parts. Right. Yeah. It's like the line ride in Family Guy. You right. Know? I mean, it yeah. really just. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. I. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. There just wasn't there. Yeah. You know. So it was nominated for an Oscar, Best Cinematography. Uh, it here's my favorite. It won an ASCAP award. What's an Asgard? <laughs> <laughs> What's an Asgard? Um, for. <laughs> For most performed songs from motion pictures, so nothing to do with the movie itself. The Surrender to Me song, oh. uh, I think had the lead singer of Cheap Trick and the lead singer of Heart oh. um, sang the song, at the, the end credits song. Um, I don't know if you made it to the end credits. I made it to the end credits and okay. I was like, oh, like, turn it, it off. So I turned it off. <laughs> so you missed the song maybe. Yeah. Um, but that's what it won the award for. In a seaside California town, best friends Mac and Nick are on opposite sides of the law. Mac is a former drug dealer trying to clean up his act, while Nick is a high-profile detective trying to take down a Mexican drug lord named Carlos. Soon, Nick's loyalties are put to the test when he begins an affair with a restaurateur, Joanne, a love interest of Mac's, unwittingly leading his friend into a police-orchestrated trap. So here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment. The federal government swears you're doing business in here. I'm not, not here or anywhere else, and you couldn't catch me if I was trying to say that. Well, what do you think? What do you think's going on here? Well, maybe there's something me. you don't want me to know about. And how are we treating you this evening, Mr. McCusey? <laughs> what is it, Nick? You need some chapstick or something? Because your lips keep getting stuck on your teeth. Or is that your idea of a smile? Let's not discuss my business or his business or your business, okay? 
Well, that leaves us with nothing to talk about. Well, your friend is not going to get away with what he's gotten away with for 15 years. My phones have funny little noises on them. You're setting me up, Nick. So if I asked you out, maybe you'd accept. Dating is not a criminal activity, Mr. McCusick. I think your profession has clouded your judgment here. I probably have to bust my friend if I'm going to do my job. And I hate that. You're a bad boy, Nick. You're a very bad boy. I didn't mean to hurt you. Just looking at you hurts more. You were in the wrong place at the wrong time! You lied to me. You wouldn't shoot me over money. Oh, that's a lot of money. What's it gonna be, Nick? Mel Gibson, Michelle Pfeiffer, Kurt Russell, Tequila Sunrise. Raul Julia, written and directed by Robert Town. Only some of the only background stuff that I have on this one is I already talked about the Batman trailer yeah. being in the front of it. So some people think that, that maybe that's why um, the fans were excited. So they bought tickets for this movie to go see the trailer and then we should left. discuss Batman 89 <clears throat> Batman because there might be people listening to this podcast mm-hmm. that really came just to hear the Batman discussion mm-hmm. as soon as we talk about the movie. We could do that, yeah. <laughs> Can we just talk about Batman now? Do we, have to wait, do we have to wait till next year? It's a delayed gratification pack. I know. That's you're gonna why. Be, you're going to be so happy when we get to Beyond happy. when we get to next year mm-hmm. and you get to talk about Batman. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I need to have this be the episode that comes like July 1st or January 1st. I know. Like first episode of the year, Batman. <laughs> Batman. We made it. Well, that's what we'll call the episode. We made it. <laughs> Batman. We're here. Batman 89. We're here. Mm-hmm. We're here. We've got it. We did it. Uh, when the film went into production, the coach of the Los Angeles Lakers at the time, Pat Riley, ah. was actually offered the role of Nick. So the role that, that Kurt Russell played was offered to L.A. Lakers coach Pat Riley. Can Pat I, Riley act? I, that was my first question. I don't know. But that's the reason why Kurt Russell has the hair slicked back and wears the business suit, because he was supposed to look like Pat Riley. So let me get this So straight. Kurt Russell made himself look like Pat Riley. So... They were picking one of the leads, not necessarily based on acting talent, which maybe Pat Riley is mm-hmm. an excellent actor. I mean, can Kurt right. Russell coach a basketball team? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. based on that person's hairstyle, mm-hmm. that was how they chose the leads. Not just based on hairstyle. But so, hey, I have a, co- I have a quote here from oh. Kurt Russell. Uh, who ended up getting the part when Pat Riley turned it down, because the director, that's who he wanted. Uh, Kurt Russell was quoted as saying, Riley's look was right for the film because he was arrogantly confident but not offensive. Okay. Isn't that what an actor should but he, but, right, and, like, but can he act? Like, well, that's, his, his look is right for the film. Right. But... Because Kurt Russell, I mean, he... Can't he act that, though? Can't he act Kurt, arrogantly offensive but not... Right. or whatever the heck he just right. said. I mean, Kurt Russell, I, I thought he did a pretty good job. Yeah. In this movie. I, didn't, I didn't have a problem with the acting in this movie. I think the problem, except for maybe a few times, and, but it was mostly the dialogue. So I think it's just the writing. I think I mostly had a problem with the writing in this movie. Because the actors are all good. Yeah. And I can't think of a time where I was like, oh man, he's that actor is totally hamming it up. It's, yeah. No, they were all, the actors were all good. Yeah. I didn't feel like anybody... For the most part, I don't think I felt like anybody was phoning it in. It all seemed... Yeah. That all seemed pretty good. The quality of the acting was good. Yeah. I think what they had to work with, that was where it had problems. Yeah. So, um, the other thing that I found for this one was, originally, 
Robert Town, the director, wanted Dale McCusick to die at the end of the movie. And he's quoted as saying, Dale was supposed to be a moth in the flame. The real high for him was never doing the drugs, but the danger of dealing the drugs. However, the producers insisted that Mel Gibson survive the movie. Sorry. Right. Okay. <laughs> Again, there was no story there, so I wasn't right. totally. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, like I don't care. Right. I don't care about the. I don't right. care about what's going on on screen. So I, I don't think we're going to spend a huge amount of time talking about this movie. Yeah. I, we probably spent more time talking about Movie Pass than we will talk about this movie. But um, I mean, I think I, I don't know what more to <laughs> say other to say. than what we've pretty much already said is I don't think the writing was there. Like I didn't have a problem with. All the other technical stuff, the cinematography was fine, the the music was fine, maybe a little bit too much saxophone, but, you know. Um, but just... It was the 80s. It was the 80s, and, and that's fine. I mean, I, I still have a playlist that's mm -hmm. all saxophone music, mm -hmm. so... And Dave um, Bruson is a pretty awesome jazz player. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and he's written some... So, anyways. Yeah, yeah. no, so I, I don't think I had a problem with any of the... This movie, to, to take a phrase and twist it around... I think this movie is less than the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. You know, we say it's something that's more than the sum of its parts. When you put it all together, it's like, wow, it's even more amazing than what it... I think this movie had some amazing parts. Mm -hmm. Like the different pieces, the aspects of, of this movie, the actors, the music, the, all that stuff. And then when you put it together, it just kind of... Yeah. And I think it was the writing. Yeah. Because as we've said... You get there, and, and, I'm, and I'm watching this movie, and, and I already, I already kind of knew how you felt. We didn't mm -hmm. go into detail when we talked the other day about it, but I already kind of knew how you felt. I'd already read a review or two, and I go into the movie, I'm just like, I'm just going to watch it. Mm -hmm. Watch it, because maybe I'll enjoy it. Maybe mm -hmm. Pat really didn't like it. Maybe I'm really going to like it. It's got some actors that I really like. I really like Kurt Russell. Um, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer's not bad to look at. Mm -hmm. Ralph Julia is an amazing actress. Yeah, She's a great actress, yeah. Um, and, you know, so I'm like... I, all right, I'm going to go into it, and I'm going to, you know, blank slate. Let's mm -hmm, just go into this. Mm -hmm. And immediately, I'm trying to watch this movie, and I'm sitting there going, there were a few times that I thought, do I need to rewind something? Because I feel like I, I missed something. No, you didn't. Like, yeah. what am I, why are the, what exactly is this drug deal again? And I, I got the basic premise of the two best friends are on the two sides of the law. One's the drug dealer, and one's the cop. That I thought, okay, that's intriguing, to yeah. use Roger Ebert's. That's intriguing. You want to have a you want to have a story where you got two best friends, mm -hmm. and one's the cop and one's the criminal, mm -hmm. and they got a you know they're on two different sides of the same investigation, and that would be interesting. So that part that's kind of cool. I see where that could go, but I just feel like then you throw in not that you can't have a love story built into all this, but then you throw in the well she's. She's kind of in love with this guy, but yeah. really he's just a customer of hers. And then she kind of starts to fall for the, the good guy, but then the good guy kind of wants her to go back to the bad guy, and then the bad guy, they fall in yeah. love, and then the awkward love scenes in a hot tub. Um, yeah. It's a romance I, movie, and I, that's just not my cup of tea. Right. But was well, it intended I, to be a romance movie? Well, like, I don't... But the romance didn't even... I mean, I think the crime part of the movie didn't totally work for me. Okay. Because I thought that part was a little too convoluted. I thought some of the other stuff was getting in the way of understanding a clear-cut yeah. uh, crime movie plot. 
and, I, and, and bits and pieces of it, I was like, well, that's kind of cool. Like the fact that they don't know that the Mexican agent that they're working with is also the drug guy. Mm -hmm. That's a cool twist. But then how did how did Kurt Russell's character figure it out when he told J.T. Walsh's characters, like, um, Inspector What's-His-Name mm -hmm. is Carlos, you mm -hmm. whatever the heck. I think it's when they figured out that he, he got there, like none of the American agents um, fired the shot that killed the informant. That was the... What was that? His brother, the um, Cusick's brother. Mm -hmm. um, none of them fired the shots, but they're like, "Well, but Escalante's men got here first. And he's looking at the shots. He's like, "Those are some pretty accurate shots in some pretty strategic places on the body. You know, if the guy's running away, you know, how do you how do you get that close? And yeah. like, this doesn't quite add up. Yeah. And then I think that's around about the time he started to figure out where he kind of realizes, "Oh, okay." Escalante has to have something to do with this, and if I put the pieces together, I can figure out that he must be Carlos if he was able to get close yeah. enough to this informant to. But then, if whatever. it's going to be a crime thing, aren't they supposed to explain that to you? You know, aren't they supposed to make it dummy? And I think they tried to, but not well enough. It it kind of strikes me without. It's like if you showed up to your class. Hey guys, what do you want to do today? Okay, let's just kind of wing it. Mm -hmm. Or if you showed up and you didn't, you know, storyboard it out or write the story out mm -hmm. or say, hey, read this. Does this make sense? I don't know. I don't write stories. I you right. talk to Dennis, you know, and, and get all. But it's like, well, you're a writer, a writer and a language arts teacher. I mean, what does it take? Like, what is the story? What right. is the? I mean, I think there's some basic diagramming and some mm -hmm. stuff that can go on to just to give this. Some structure. Well, and and not, yeah, and along those lines, I'm teaching a class to middle school kids on writing, creative writing, this summer. And one of the things I told them, and, and again, every writing teacher is probably going to say something totally different. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I told them is, you know, for kids at a middle school level, I'm like, your writing, your story needs to move the story forward. Mm -hmm. Whatever you have in your story needs to move the story forward. If your characters stop for a while or go backwards to what they were doing before, you need to have a really good reason mm -hmm. why they're doing that. Otherwise, the dialogue you use, you, you shouldn't be just having these conversations that don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Your dialogue should move the story forward. Mm -hmm. You know, Maybe years from now, when if you've decided to continue writing and you're this amazing writer and you've been published and everything else, maybe you can have pointless conversations in your book and people will just be like, wow, that's great, that's an amazing style. Mm -hmm. But for right now, when you're 11, 12 years old, if you're going to have people have a conversation, that conversation needs to have a purpose. Yeah. It needs to do something. And then I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, there are big chunks of this movie where I'm just like, I, why are we... It either sounds like we're repeating something we already said 20 minutes ago, or we're repeating the same situation yeah. 20 minutes ago, and I don't feel like we've moved anywhere. Yeah, it, it, I'm going to say that... And maybe he does this really well. Maybe he's the exception. To, I don't. But like Quentin Tarantino, mm -hmm. when he writes a dialogue, it's like you just want to hear the people talk. Right. I don't know. I don't want to call his dialogue pointless. Right. But sometimes there's those conversations that, and maybe maybe that's what it is. It's like you build up these characters, and then they're having a conversation about mm -hmm. something that like you and I would be having with mm -hmm. when at the beginning of a podcast, and it's just that. But you're mm -hmm. you know. You don't eat bacon. No, man, I don't dig on swine. <laughs> yeah, it's like that kind of stuff. Wait, what's a pilot? A pilot is a show that they make that, right. you know, da-da-da-da-da. Okay, man, go to the rain, but don't mess with my levels. 
how does this work? You know, you just point at the, mm, 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 and then it goes. You know, it's yeah. it's it, it's just like it's just like listen. It's like listening to an instrumental music, right? There's yeah. no words, but you can just enjoy the rhythm and the th- you know, like. Right. So I don't know if they haven't called. This up. didn't have rhythm. That didn't have any rhythm. It didn't have no. any, It just so when you bring up those conversations, it's like this. All the talking. It, 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 there was no humor. There, it, there was no nothing. Right. There was no purpose to any of it. Right. Yeah. I, it just felt like there was no plan. Yeah. And some of it, you and I kind of said too, some of it just seemed, there were bits and pieces where while we said the acting was fine, some of it just seemed a little lazy or it was just a little weird. Now, you you said you thought he was holding it a different way. There's a scene where Kurt Russell pulls a gun on um, Mel Gibson. Yeah. And then Mel Gibson pulls a gun on Kurt Russell. Yeah. And you said you thought he was holding it, like actually holding the gun straight at him. It looked weird. I thought I remember him just kind of like almost limply holding it off to yeah. the side, like a John Woo character holding yeah. a gun to the side, um, you know, and just kind of like maybe just kind of like listlessly holding the gun like that. And I couldn't tell in that one scene because he's like, you know, you're going to pull a gun on me? You're going to pull, well, this is a gun you pulled on me once before too. And I, yeah. or whatever, however he says it. And, and I couldn't, I, I told you earlier, I'm like, I had to pause the movie. I'm like, does he have his finger on the trigger? Yeah. Because it almost looks like he's handing him the gun. Yeah. I can't tell if he's pointing it at him in an effort to threaten him, or if he's saying, here, have a gun. Yeah. Well, and I'm like, you want well, the in gun? that scene, if there's supposed to be dramatic tension there of, will these two friends shoot each other? Yeah. Will these two friends... And if you're going to do that, if you're going to build up the tension between the two friends, which I don't think they did that either. No. There's, there's almost no tension there. These guys at some point, I almost feel like at some point, even if it's going to change by the end of the movie, they need to get to a point where they hate each other. Right. I feel like they need to get like all the other good stories where you have friends who end up becoming enemies, and at first maybe they're just kind of like you know they're they're grudgingly enemies. They're like oh, I don't really want to yeah. oppose you, but I have to because of my job. Blah 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 blah. Um, I think of like uh, do you ever watch the TV show Smallville? No. I think of that as a really good example because they stretch it out over like six or seven years. Mm-hmm. Was the example of Lex Luthor and Clark Kent in that show? And in that show, they start off as friends. Okay. And they're, like, doing everything together. They're friends. They're, like, doing all kinds of stuff. And then slowly over the course of that show, Clark realizes that Lex is willing to do some questionable things mm-hmm. to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. And then as more of those questionable things happen, he has to start actively opposing him mm-hmm. to the point where they get to the point where they just hate each other. Okay. And it was done out over the course of many years and many seasons, but... I, I use an example like that to look at this movie and be like, all right, you've got a really nice concept of friends... Two sides of the law. Mm-hmm. How is that interaction? How's that going to go? Like to me, that's the most interesting part of the story is the friends on the opposite side of the law. But there was, but like you said, there was nothing. It, there's no tension. There's no there's tension. No, there was no going the opposite direction, or right. like, look, I'm going to help them get out of this, or because the one guy was trying to go clean. Right. And then they met at the swings. You know, that was a yeah. scene, and I'm just like, I'm more confused now. After they had the heart to heart, I'm more confused. Yeah. Like the imagery of them kind of leaving in opposite directions, mm-hmm. and then they got angry about something, or maybe they didn't get angry about something. Right. Like. I just, if I was the third wheel in that, mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, um, hang on a second. Was anything resolved here? Yeah. Like, what, like, where? This movie made me hungry for pasta. Yeah? That's about the only positive thing I can say about it. Speaking of friends mm-hmm. that, like, you know, come a, mm-hmm. there's a great reference in Harry Potter. Okay, but you've got to read ahead. <laughs> I'm just, that's all I'm going to say, because that just brought me back. It just came full circle. It just came full circle. Mm-hmm. Can we talk more about Harry Potter now? We, we probably could. That's how yeah. I feel about this movie. It's okay. just like... Okay. Yeah, and the pasta. I, and then all of a sudden, the kid... This movie or Harry Potter 4? The movie. 
Uh, which, I, which one's better? Oof. I don't know. Because this is a wreck. Well, you, you, really, you really don't like Harry Potter 4. Once I could accept it as supplemental material. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to be curious to see it. Yeah, it's, once, once it's like, oh, so that's what it would look like. Okay. Okay. So then I, like, my, my, my anger disappeared. Okay. And then it was just no different than, like, watching a YouTube video for, like, 10 seconds. So okay. Like, okay, that, that's good. And, Fair enough. And again, I want to be so humble when I say this. Not really, but I should be because, yeah. like, I didn't make the movie. No one's no, asking yeah, me. Yeah. I'm not an actor. I'm not oh, yeah. this. I'm not, you know. Nobody gives us millions of dollars to go make no, anything. No one should. Uh, well, you maybe, but no one should give me anything. Point is... Could do the band director. Could do the band director. That'd be a great movie. I'm willing to reprise my role as Dr. Moto. <sighs> I, th I think that could have been awesome. Mm -hmm. Then the surfing scene. Then the kid's uh -huh. surfing. Yeah. And he's like, stay away from the docks. Right. Well, he doesn't. And guess right. what happens? Okay. Well, and the, the whole character of the son was just kind of a pointless thing anyway. Yeah. And then he had his... Yeah. And then they brought him in right. to the... And then, he, and then he tricked Joanne into coming to the apartment and... It was almost like the only reason the son was there was to have that scene where somehow he tricks her into coming to the apartment when she didn't really need to, and because he sent the babysitter away, and it was just a way to get her to come to Mel Gibson's apartment. Right. It's like, beyond that, why does he have a son in the movie? Other than knowing that he's got a family, and maybe that's why he doesn't completely and the quit. Police... And if they threaten his family, then he's got... And the police or there's crashed. child support he has to pay. or I, They crashed the birthday party. Right. But there was nothing like... Right. I don't know. I, I'm really... I, like I said, I'm just mm -hmm. confused by the whole thing. There yeah. was no... And on top of that, like, I okay, I'll just sit here in my confusion. Right. Uh, and watch if there's fun visuals. The I, scenes I did like were Raul Julia scenes. Yeah. You know, I put him in there and, and just have him start talking or singing. Yeah, he's in, just... In the case he, of this movie. Cool. Um... That's totally fine. And the part where it was a little quirky and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Because I actually, I'd read, um, I think I had read the quote on IMDb somewhere and I was like, this sounds like horrible writing. Mm -hmm. I don't know how this is going to play out. The scene where they shoot each other at the end. Oh, yeah. When I read it on the page as part of a script, when I read it there, I was like, really? The lines of dialogue were something like, you shot me. Well, you just shot me. That doesn't look very good, does it? No, don't talk. It's making me sick. And I'm reading this on the page, and I'm like, that is... The dialogue sounds horrible. It like, does. I, I haven't gotten to that point in the movie yet, but it sounds so bad. But then when you hear him say it yeah. in the movie, it's kind of like... It, it, it fits with his character. It's kind of quirky. It's like, dude, you just shot me. Yeah. <sighs> can't believe you just shot me. This is a, That doesn't look good. Well, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> I can't remember the end. Yeah. Raul Julia died? Well, I mean, the boat explodes. Yeah, he yeah. gets shot in the stomach. You remember they're fighting over the gun, and they're yeah. kind of like, they're fighting over the gun, and he they pull it in such a way, he kind of, Mel Gibson tries to pull it back. He shoots him through himself. He shoots him through the side, and then Mel Gibson gets shot in the side, which then goes through and gets him in the stomach. Okay. And so he's laying there in the boat, yeah. bleeding out, and then, and then at some point the boat explodes and like all the money and drugs and I think Raul Julia goes with it. Right. Um, and the, and you think that, and I think that, um, what was it too? Kurt Russell's character shows up and I think that Mel Gibson's character um, is about to, Dale's about to jump off the boat. Yeah. And then Sergeant Major Dickerson shows up. Yeah. And is about to take a shot at him and then Kurt Russell shoots him in the back. And then you see the boat explode, and the assumption is that Mel Gibson's character has died. 
Yeah. And then you get to the very end of the movie where you see Michelle Pfeiffer running on the beach, and all of a sudden they're in the water, in the waves, embracing each other, and everything's all good, and that's the end of the movie. And they go off happily ever after. Who does she embrace with again? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. So he didn't die. I did watch this movie, and I swear I didn't fall asleep, <laughs> but I just... Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I watched I, the ending of this movie this morning. That, that's when I ended up finishing it, and I, I don't fully remember exactly what happened in the ending of the movie. Yeah, but, I, I really... Yeah. yeah. So I think our verdict on this one is... Um, yeah. If it was up to the two of us, would you say a, a fairly hard pass? I think a fairly hard pass. Okay. This, would be, this is the 30-something movie podcast equivalent <laughs> of being at a party and learning to someone you know and saying, who invited that guy? Mm -hmm. It's like, how did this movie get in here? Right. No, no I'm not like I'm not impugning you on no, like, no. your choice of yeah, no. and all this kind of thing. Well, because like, I, when, and when I choose the movies, and yeah. I know this is like our critically acclaimed month, but I did want to choose some that are also kind of controversially, like some critics love it right. and some critics... And even though, because some of the movies... I had a couple people respond back on Twitter and be like, um, you know, uh, here's some movies you haven't covered yet that, mm -hmm. that I'd love to hear for 1988. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, yeah, actually some of those are not on our list. Mm -hmm. I was trying to get a good balance, balance of, of yeah. movies that were good and movies that were eh, maybe not so good because right. who knows? Maybe we watch it 30 years later and it's not that bad or maybe it is bad and it's a commentary yeah. on you know what crappy movies were like in 1988 and sometimes it's good to just discuss cuz you come at it from different angles of oh maybe i like that movie better than i thought or right maybe i dislike that movie and i'm wrong right so um yeah. so that being the case i have uh, one last question for right. us and um my one last question is can you think of any movies that have just an amazing cast of characters and yet, the movie itself is a giant steaming pile. Or maybe just not as good as you expected it to be. Maybe it has an amazing cast, and then you went and watched the movie, and you're just like, eh, this should have been better. Based on the people who are in it, this should have been better. I've had this conversation, and I know I've had this conversation, and I just can't think of it. Yeah. I mean... You know, maybe the only thing that comes to mind immediately, and then I'll let you, because uh, I'm, I'm sure you got some thoughts on it. But like, like a sequel, you know, that mm -hmm. just that it's just run its course, and it's like, okay, that group right. of actors was really good in the first one, but mm -hmm. now, okay, we've we've kind of run our course, and that's that. Yeah. What do you got? Um. So I have, uh, I, I actually grabbed um, a couple of examples off of. There's a list on IMDb. There's a couple of lists in different places. One list is called Great Cast, Bad Movie. Okay. Um, and this list was made back in 2012, so there's a few movies that... Well, it actually was updated last year, so... Uh, this has some ideas on it for, right. you know, Great Casts, Bad Movies. Mm -hmm. uh, mine, and I still will, I still enjoy watching it. It's mm -hmm. not a great movie. It's very campy. It's very silly. Mars Attacks. Okay. Mars Attacks has a, a great cast of characters. You know, Pierce Brosnan, Jack Nicholson, tons of people in this movie. And... It's just this campy, silly, I don't know that it did very well in the theaters. Uh, my mother-in-law loves it. Like, that's her thing to collect when, when we drag her to comic book shows. Mm -hmm. um, that's her thing, is she will buy Mars Attack stuff. Got it. So she's kind of taken that on as, as her hobby, and she loves that movie. Um, weird movie, mm -hmm. quirky movie, not a great movie, but it's just kind of fun. It's one of those kind of, I'm not going to have it on my list of guilty pleasure movies for the 200th episode, but okay. it's one of those movies that I'll sit there and watch it, because, yeah. you know. 
It's kind of a mindless yeah. fun thing. So here are some that some people have listed. I looked around on some different lists of um, bad movies that have great casts, and uh, I want to see what you think of some of these. So this one, I've got some from IMDb. Uh, I found one from the, the um, website Screen Rant that does a lot with movie news and things like that. Um, so my first one on here, we have, there was a movie called Rock of Ages. Did you ever see that one that one came out? It has, uh, let's see, it's Paul Giamatti, it has Catherine Zeta-Jones, Alec Baldwin, Russell Brand, Tom Cruise, so big, huge cast of characters, like big name yeah. people, and the movie was not good. Okay. Like, I, I actually, I didn't watch it in the movie theater, but I did rent this at one point, because I'm like, hey, it's a movie that's supposed to be kind of like a, a take on... 80s rock and roll, like it was starting a rock band, and you know, the Tom Cruise plays like an Axl Rose the, almost kind of character, yeah, like a I Guns N' Roses kind of character. I remember the trailer, mm -hmm. and yeah. And I was like, it sounds like they're going to be covering a bunch of songs that I really like. So I got to see this. Yeah. This, this looks like it would be a fun movie. Maybe not the best movie in the world, mm -hmm. but it looks like it'd be a fun movie. I didn't even finish it. Okay. I got halfway through and I was just like, mm, what the heck? No. Yeah. <laughs> nope, I think I'm done. I, uh, I don't need any more of this. Um, what about, there's a couple of 80s ones that are listed on here. There was uh, Bonfire of the Vanities. Yeah, I didn't see So it. that one is, uh, let's see, you have uh, Tom Hanks in that one. Um, let's see, where's the list? Well, it was uh, directed by Brian De Palma, so he's got a lot of directing credits, so you know, usually pretty good. Um, it's got Tom Hanks, Melanie Griffith, Griffith uh, Morgan Freeman, Kim Cattrall, um, whole bunch of different people, big name people in mm -hmm. the supporting cast, but I don't know that it's a very good movie. Um, I've seen it a long time ago, but yeah. I just I don't remember being I'm, very interested in it. And I remember people talking about it, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so some others they list on here. So in this list, and, and these are some that maybe we could argue over just a little bit, um, they list uh, Armageddon as being a movie that's a bad movie, great cast. I don't know that I would list it as a bad movie. No. I just think of it as one of those disaster movies where stuff's going to blow up. Yeah. You're not really there. You're not there for great acting and great mm. writing. Enjoy the ride. Right. Yeah. You just want to watch stuff explode. Yeah. It was kind of like it was the 90s, yeah. 90s summer blockbuster where it's like Independence Day. You're there to watch the White exactly. House get blown up. Exactly. You're there to watch the Statue of Liberty get blown up. Yeah. You're there to watch a giant monster destroy New York City. You, Whatever. Right. Um, right. No, you know. I... Yeah. I don't think of that as being a bad movie. Actually, I would watch that movie over and over again. Yeah. So... It's better than his mostly, efforts with uh, Transformers. Mostly because of Liv Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. I will watch anything with Liv Tyler in it. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Empire Records. Got it. Yep. Um, what else? They have... Well, hmm. They have Ocean's 12 on this list. That's, how, do you, I, how do you feel about Ocean's Well, referencing, <laughs> referencing... You're referencing sequels. Referencing yeah. sequels, yeah. So, I, like, and I... And I will admit, I do think Ocean's 12, of the movies, yeah. I think it's the weakest of the three. That one kind of fell in the hole there. Yeah. I, I liked watching it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean... Well, it's, um, it's like the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Like, I feel like, and I'm going I'm to forget the numbers of them, but I feel like I went through and I rewatched all of them yeah. about a year ago or each, so. Each director has a different... Very different take on it. Yeah. And it yeah. was almost like every third movie yeah or so it was like Ugh. yeah i don't know about that <laughs> well it's, it's a little bit like the star trek movies right you'd always say like the even number of star trek movies are always the best ones right so well yeah. the, the um i'm trying to think mission impossible which is the one with the dancing motorcycles 
Was did John Woo do one of those? I think so. Because did he, was, did he do two? I think Impossible Two. I think Mission Impossible Two is where they're on the motorcycles and they're on the mm -hmm. wheel and they're because yeah. his thing is big, that like was spinning, the, right? Mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah. Because well, that was the. Uh, that was when Triumph came back and they had all Triumph motorcycles in there. Okay. Nice bikes. That was the. I think Mission Impossible Two. Yeah, Mission Impossible Two was John Woo. Um, that was also the one that I think there was like a brand new Metallica song that had come out and yeah. like that was the official song of the yeah. movie and I was like, oh, Metallica! Yeah. I loved Metallica at the time. Um, yeah, that was the John Woo one. And well, that, that was the one with the motorcycles because the music video yeah. for the Metallica song was Tom Cruise on a motorcycle yeah. doing some of the stunts. And Triumph had come back and mm -hmm. the whole thing. And any event, but, but that, I'll tell you, the, the last three of those are just outstanding. Yeah. I mean, Rogue Nation. Um, here's but a, I could see Ocean's Twelve. I, but again, yeah. I I wouldn't put that as a bad movie. Like I yeah. wasn't like just angry. Right. What? Ugh. It was like it's just the weakest of a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. No, yeah. Go. Referencing our earlier discussion, mm -hmm. for me, you know, okay, maybe the story fell apart. The right, the bop, 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 bop. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It was fun watching those actors do their thing again mm -hmm. in the same shtick and yeah. the same. You know, that was able to carry it through until the third one. Right. Right. Uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, Uma Thurman, yeah. whole bunch of people. Um, great, you know, people that you normally love to see in movies. Yeah. George Clooney. Love George Clooney movies. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. We love Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Love Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uma Thurman. Love her movies too. You know, Kill Bill, uh, Pulp Fiction, all yeah. those. Um, you know, Chris O'Donnell, it's like the Chris O'Donnell movies, Scent of a Woman, yeah. like a lot of the other stuff. Um, the sequel track. Really right? horrible movie. Yeah. Really, really bad right. movie. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of bells today. A lot of bells. You gotta ask for whom the bell tolls, Pat. For whom the bell tolls? Yeah. Does it toll for thee? It tolls for thee. Okay. I've right. read that one. Yeah. That's the Spanish Civil War, right? That's uh, John. Is it John Donne? For whom the bell? I thought it was uh, Ernest Hemingway. Well, yeah, yeah. But the yeah. character John Donne. Dunn. Well, no, John Donne's a poet, and oh, he maybe I'm way messed up. Well, that's okay. Um, well, you no, know, Ernest Hemingway probably got the line from the John Donne poem because oh, John okay, Donne. Good. So good, we're going to go good. to the language arts hour for a second. Please here. do because I, um, I'm like, like, did I just totally stick my foot in my mouth? I thought that no, was. No, no. Um, the let me pull it up here. Yeah. So. This is, John Donne is one of my favorite poets, mm -hmm. and he lived, um, he lived, what was it, back in the, oh, what even, uh, 16, 1600s, okay. I think it was, when he lived, and he was very sick this one time, like, I don't remember if it was, um, I don't remember what it was, but he was very, very sick, and he was bedridden for a while, and he just remembers, like, in he was passing in and out of consciousness, mm -hmm. and um, at one point he hears the church bells toll. Okay. And he's, like, not completely with it, and as he's there lying in his bed, he hears the bells toll, and he wonders, did I die? Mm-hmm. Like, are those the bells for my funeral? Because so he's having, like, these weird dreams, and he's not completely lucid, and, and uh, so he writes his poem kind of based on it, and he's like... When I heard these bells and I thought that I had died, then it really made me think about my mortality. Mm -hmm. And so, and this is probably one of my favorite poems that he's ever written. And um, the poem is the part of it that's kind of the most famous part, and, and, and a whole bunch of different quotes that we use in different places came from this one. Um, and the part of it is, no man is an island, entire mm -hmm. of itself, every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. 
If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less, as well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manner of thy friends or of thy own were, any man's death diminishes me, because I am involved in mankind, and therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. Hmm. So that's where that comes from, is the John Donne poem gotcha. from the 1620s, 1630s, somewhere around there. Um, but you're right. I mean, it does get used by Hemingway. I was going to say, well, see, and that's, let's, let's open up another big hole is reading poetry. I need mm -hmm. to read a lot more. But I'd never read any Hemingway. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I need to at least read one book by Hemingway and, yeah. and all that. And it's funny because I spoke to Kirk, our mm -hmm. language arts teacher, that yeah. incredibly knowledgeable in books. And my sister is a language arts teacher, and I was speaking yeah. to her. And it was funny. She had not read much Hemingway. Okay. And then it was funny because Kirk mentioned something, and I'm like, well, I'm going to check out For Whom the Bell Tolls. Yeah. And I think that was the one about the Spanish Civil War and the main character I think in so. there. And, yeah. You know, and it was... I haven't read a lot of Hemingway's novels. I've read a lot of his short stories. Okay. And that's what they recommended yeah. was that... But it was interesting because, like, and maybe I'd spoken to you as well, because it was like a bunch of the, like, language arts people and, and mm -hmm. real uh, 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 readers that I was like, well, what direction should I go in with Ernest Hemingway? And it yeah. was a lot of folks that were just like, well, I've read some of this, but anyways, for whom mm -hmm. the bell tolls. Okay, yeah. Uh, if you want to go like the classic language arts English teacher route, um, if you want to start with short stories, the sea, I have, the boy I have the some. Sea, the, man. the Old Man and the Sea? Yeah. There's that one. Uh, Hills Like White Elephants okay. is also a good one. Okay. I, I got a whole bunch of them. Yeah, maybe I'll um, come from you. But yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's where that one comes okay. from. Okay. Um, your favorite movie of all time is on this list. Oh, Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Yeah. So Pearl Harbor, you've got Ben Affleck, Kate Beckinsale, yeah. Josh Hartnett. Um, you know, some pretty good actors. Yeah, it was a disaster. Not movie. a great movie. Yeah, that was not a good movie at all. Uh, -huh. uh what else? You had Oh, you know what? This was I remember seeing this one. I think I saw this one either in the theater or no, I saw the other one in the theater. Um, Red Planet. So this came out in in 2000. There were a couple of Mars movies. Yeah. That came out around Mission to Mars and Red Planet. Right. And Red Planet, I think, was more of a little bit more of a horror or thriller, sci-fi thriller kind of thing than Mission to Mars was. They both kind of were. I think they're both considered like sci-fi thriller movies. Yeah. Which one had Carrie Ann Moss? Carrie Ann Moss was Red Planet. Is that the one you're talking about? Th that, well, they're both on this list. Okay. Oddly enough. Um, I liked Mission to Mars. Red Planet, I, I thought it was fine. I don't, Wait, which I, one had Carrie Ann Moss? Red Planet. Red Planet, yeah. okay. Because um, I remember, see, I get them too confused. Right, so Red Planet has Val Kilmer, yeah. Carrie Ann Moss, yeah. Tom Sizemore, and Benjamin Bratt. Yeah. All really good actors. I thought the movie was good. I thought the movie was all right, so I don't know that I would agree that it was a bad movie, but... Yeah, I don't... See, I couldn't put that it, on the list. It does get a really low score. They use, um, on IMDb, sometimes they use a meta score, mm -hmm. and it gets a 34 out of 100 oh. on the meta score, so kind of low score. Mission to Mars actually gets the exact same score, a 34, <laughs> and they have it as... Um, that one is Tim Robbins, Gary Sinise, Don Cheadle, and Connie Nielsen. Okay. So again, That one really was for... Actors. Mission to Mars was just... Mission to Mars was still a little bit of a, still a little bit of a, a thriller. Like there was some, yeah, well, there like, was, I don't know, like supernatural or alien stuff going on too. But it, it was they were really similar. They're both really similar. They were both going about, but that that one was a little bit more of a scientific. Hey, this could happen. Sort of right. like, um, right. um uh, the one where Matt Damon gets left behind. Yeah, The Martian. And he's got to mm -hmm. science the Another heck Martian. out of it. And mm -hmm. that, uh, yeah, so it was... Hilarious book, by the way. Okay. If you, have you ever read the book? No. Okay. 
In fact, I don't know if you need to read the book. If you want to read the book, totally read the book. Mm-hmm. I didn't read the book. I listened to the audiobook. Oh. And whoever that I forget the guy's name. Whoever they got to read the audiobook for The Martian. Cool. That guy's hilarious. Cool. That guy has the perfect I mean, the way the book is written already is how I feel like sometimes my inner monologue is. Okay. Sometimes I have so my, just, my inner monologue is either like it. a Samuel Jackson or it's a very sarcastic kind of yeah. that character from The Martian. Yeah. Um, you know, saying things in yeah. your head that you'd probably never say out loud, but um, yeah, so that if you need an audiobook to go find, Check go find the Martian because that one was really. Great. I am gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you, John. Part of the thing is Carrie Ann Moss. I don't mind if you do. But. Okay, the Carrie Ann Moss effect. Okay. Because I'll tell you, because like Monica Bellucci. Mm-hmm. Well, no, not does she quite. Make like your, does she make your heart go pitter patter? Carrie Ann Moss makes my head. A little hard to go pitter pat. A little pitter pat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of fun. Has Monica Bellucci and Carrie Ann Moss ever starred in a movie together? We'll find out. So a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of pitter pattering. <laughs> a lot of pitter pattering. <laughs> It'll be on IMDb right after. This. Yeah. You know that inner monologue thing you brought up? Uh-huh. There was this thing that you know race cars. They all have uh, pit to. Um, like a race car in the red. Is that what you're trying to say? Race car in the red. Yeah. They 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 have pit to um, car communications mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And now they've got it in football. You know, and you know, and all this whole thing of you know. Motorcycle racing, they don't have pit-to-bike communications. Mm-hmm. It's funny because, like, some of the motorcycle dashes, they'll pop up with a message and all, but they don't do that. And, you know, some of it's just that, oh, well, we can't do that with bikes and, it, blah, blah, you know, kind of lame stuff. But they said they tried it one time, and there was some rider, it was some famous rider, I can't remember his name, but they tried it, and what they found out was he would talk to himself while he was riding, and it would usually be, especially if he's racing around, he's very good, but if he had to pass people... It would just be like just full of language and just like insulting the riders around him. Like, nice job, jerk. I knew you were gonna crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna stay in front. Like it was, and they couldn't ever. They had to turn it off because finally there was no communication going on. It was just he would have like this monologue as he was riding. He would just talk to himself yeah. about, "I'm gonna beat you." Yeah, yeah. You enjoy the lead because in three laps I'm gonna pass you right there. Hey, guess what? You know, and it was just filled with language and yeah. So yeah. internal monologue. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so there's some other movies out there that, yeah. that have amazing casts, but... A lot of sequels, though, on your list. It there, were, like... there were quite a few sequels, yeah. There were quite a few sequels. And there were a few others. As I'm looking down this list, I'm like, I really like that movie. I like that movie, too. Um, so, you know, I mean, obviously some of it's going to be subjective as to whether or not you think it's a bad movie. And um, But, yeah, a lot of sequels. A lot of sequels. Oh, the one, and you've probably heard Jeff and I talk about this one, um, that has the best review from it was either Roger Ebert or Siskel I think it was Ebert uh, North I think this did is, Jeff ever share that review the with review you that, is that like Ebert, one line or like I have no it's like he just has nothing he's just spewing venom yes about, I about think the, about the North. This. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and it was the movie it was a Rob Reiner movie and it was Elijah Wood and Elijah Wood okay. as a kid he's like well I'm, I'm leaving my parents so I'm gonna go off and yeah. find new parents or whatever he's like putting himself up for adoption I yeah I remember you guys talking about amazing that. cast of characters you know Rob Reiner's the director um, Elijah Wood is the kid and then you've got Bruce Willis Jason Alexander Julia Louise Dreyfus Reba McIntyre is in it like you have all these big name people in this movie and it's it's not a yeah. great movie and it, I remember watching it as a kid and being mildly entertained by it, but yeah. it, I mean, pretty much a lot of what Roger Ebert had to say is, Not and actually there's more people, there's Alan Arkin, John Ritter, Dan Aykroyd, John Lovitz, um, Kathy Bates, uh, just tons of people in this movie that are yeah. really good actors, but the movie, not so much. Yeah. Would the Pirates of the Caribbean movies fall into that, do you think? Everything after the first one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like the first one. I love it. And but you know what? We, we, I think we went to go see the second one in the theater. 
And I think that like halfway through the, I actually think that might be one of the very few movies we walked out of. Mm-hmm. I've only walked out of maybe three, maybe four movies in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I think Pirates of the Caribbean 2 was one of them. I, yeah. I think I've walked out of, I think one, maybe two. Mm-hmm. I tried to walk out of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Okay. And Tammy pulled me back to my seat. But okay. she did. She put like I almost, and this is going to sound really weird because I like it now. I almost walked out of the second Matrix movie. Hmm. Seeing it in the theater, I seeing the theater, I got so upset with it. It, it was just, it was so confusing and convoluted to me. Mm-hmm. And I started to get so upset with it because I felt like they took what was really cool about mixing the sci-fi and the action mm-hmm. with the spirituality and the philosophy in the first movie. And then I felt like in the second movie, they were like, boom. Action. Let's take, well, the action part, that was totally fine. Let's take the philosophy and let's take the philosophy and ramp it up to 11. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's, it's going to be like philosophy, you know, 204. Yeah. It's the next level. It's not the 101 stuff. Let's just do it. You aren't and a let's fan of the architect. That. And it, I was not a fan of the architect. <laughs> I was like, in fact, my favorite, I think one of my favorite things I've ever the, seen the is Will the Will Ferrell, Ferrell one. Yes. Yeah. Vis-a-vis concurrently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I was not a fan because it was cool in the first movie. And I've, I've taken philosophy classes. I can I can talk in circles with you the best of them. You can philosophize. I can philosophize all I want. Yeah. But when I go see a movie, there has to be a balance of, yeah. you know, I'm going to give you some learned stuff. I'm going to give yeah. you some philosophy. We're going to talk about philosophy and spirituality. And I, but you got to be in the right frame of mind for that. Yeah. And I felt like they just took the philosophy to a whole other level that somebody going in to see an action movie with a little bit of philosophy in it was mm-hmm. not ready for that. Yeah. And I think just some of that stuff was like... I, I'm sitting there going, you know what, I'm a smart guy. I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit like talking to my brother sometimes. Yeah. Like he's he's very deep into philosophy and, yeah. and, and all that. And and he'll just start talking. I'll be like, you know what, I, I enjoy everything you just said. So, uh, yeah. So the, the, okay. Five stars. One. What would you rate? <laughs> one, one star? <laughs> one. Give it one star? Okay. I give it one. I d- yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I, I don't want to be a jerk and say zero. No, yeah. I was going to say two. I was going to say two out of five, which actually is in keeping with the 40% that seems like everybody else gave okay. it. But yeah, I, I mean, I give it two stars just because it had all those actors in it. And it had actors in it that I like. Okay. And I felt like their performances were fine. Just the material they had to work with was not fine. And yeah. it was so convoluted that it just messed up the entire... And I didn't care. Like... You and I talked, I think before we even started recording, we talked about the whole concept of an actor carrying a movie. Mm-hmm. As amazing as these actors are, and as amazing, as, as as much as I love them in other movies, and you think of, okay, well, when a movie is maybe not good, and an actor has to carry the movie mm-hmm. with their own skill and their own quality, um, I look at this movie and I'm just like, I, no, I don't think anybody carried this. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the greatness of Kurt Russell and Mel Gibson and Michelle Pfeiffer and Raul Julia... None of that helped the movie itself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I looked at each of them individually, and I'm like, you're a great actor. Yeah. But, but you. Didn't... And this is a great. This is a great scene, like you talking right. and you doing it. That's great. I love you, but yeah. You, there's. I don't think there's anything you can do to help save this movie. No, I, I mean, and that's the thing is like we'll reference I, when we had that discussion. We mm-hmm. compared it to sports, right? Like Michael Jordan when he like right. you know, okay, well you got to give Michael the ball. Yeah. Right in this, they didn't give them the ball. No. Like they didn't, they didn't. 
let Kurt Russell be what we love there about There were balls Kurt. flying all over the place in this movie. Yeah? Yeah. Let Kurt Russell be the Kurt Russell that mm. we've, you know, like a little bit more of the, the Kurt Russell that we see in um, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Or we just, or a little bit more of the Kurt Russell that we see in like a Tombstone or Escape right. from L.A. Was it, was Escape? Well, he's in he was New in York. Yeah, yeah. Escape from New York. Escape yeah. From LA, yeah. Let Mel Gibson be the Mel Gibson that we saw in The Road Warrior mm -hmm. or the Mad Max or let him be like what we saw in Lethal mm -hmm. Weapon. Like, if, if it's just like, you gotta, you gotta understand this movie's a wreck and just let those actors be those right. actors. That's all, where a lot of those... All the characters are very forgettable. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna remember these characters you, after watching You didn't let them be like what, mm -hmm. you know... The only, I, I take that back, the only character I think I probably would remember, yeah. if you ask me years from now about Tequila Sunrise, Raul Julia. Julia. Yeah. That's the only one. Yeah. Just because he's a very quirky drug dealer. Yeah. Or drug lord, or whatever he is. But other than that, like his whole demeanor, and you know, him singing the songs, and being kind of like a, because normally you think of a drug dealer as like, well, if you try to quit the business, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to kill your family. Whereas he's kind of very calm about it. Yeah. And he's like, you know, well, maybe you're right. Maybe we should get out. Maybe there's something better. And then he switches like, maybe we should do grass instead of cocaine. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, but just like his, his performance, I'm like, okay, that was good. It's too little too late for this movie, but I like that. Grand total, then I think we can average it out and say one and a half out of five stars. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And okay. I'll give it a, I'll give it a, you know, I'll give it a probationary yeah. star. Like, I'm, I'm like, not going to go watch it again. Yeah, yeah, sorry I got guys. more important things to go watch, but. It's a cool yeah. title. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Maybe if I do decide to watch again, maybe I would just need to have a tequila. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I fell asleep. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I really, I, sorry guys. This is one of those that it was a bit of a slog to get through. It was. Yeah. So, all right, well. It wasn't coming. bad. Here's the thing. It yeah. wasn't a bad movie. It just lacked good. Right, right. That's, I yeah. mean, that's, I don't, I, I don't I, want to beat I up on it no, too no, no. much. I, I don't hate it. Right. Like, there are movies that I finish and I'm like, I can't even believe I just watched that. Yeah. I, well, I like The Room. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> there are movies that make me angry. Yes. Like, The Room made me angry. Yes. There's other movies that have made me angry. This is a movie that didn't make me feel anything. Mm-hmm. Like, the love, the, the, the romance part mm -hmm. of it, I didn't feel it. Even like the action part of it, yeah. nah, I didn't feel it. Yeah, the right. tension between the best friends, did not feel it. Yeah. So this movie was... Nothing. You know. Yeah. Nihilists, dude. To quote from the book of Revelation, you and I both go to church. Yes. To quote from the book of Revelation, I wish you were hot, I wish you were cold, but you're just lukewarm. <laughs> so I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. There it is. Basically, that's this movie. Yes. This movie is this movie is one of the seven churches listed in, in the book of Revelation. Gotcha. Is, I wish it was either hot or cold. I wish I could hate this movie. I wish I could either love this movie. It's not. I just don't care. Yes. I have no attachment to this movie at all and nothing invested in it. So in the meantime, thank you, Pat. Thank you, John. We'll see you back here next time for the 200th episode of the 30-something movie podcast. In the meantime, be excellent to each other and go watch some better movies than the one we talked about today. Please do. All right. We'll see you all next time. See you then. Bye-bye now. Bye now.